Hello, everyone. I'm Bill Raggio. I'm a senior fellow at Foundation for Defense of Democracies and editor of FDD's Long War Journal. And this is Generation Jihad, covers all things global war on terror, or what used to be called the global war on terror, and what we now call the long war. It's been a pretty hectic uh, last five days. I think this is what our third podcast we're going to be releasing. And of course, it's all going to be focused on the conflict between Israel and Hamas and company. After Hamas's deadly and horrific invasion of southern Israel and its a barbaric slaughter of Israeli civilians, so much to discuss. Tracking this issue, it's a it's a moving target. And of course, to discuss this, I have uh, again Joe Trusman. He is a research analyst at Foundation for Defense of Democracies, as well as a contributor to the Long War Journal. Welcome back, Joe. I hope you're getting some sleep. Hey, thanks, Bill. I uh, appreciate you uh, having me on here once again. Not getting enough sleep, but uh, hey, I'm I'm here and doing as much work as I can. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's what they pay us for. Um, you know, hopefully things will start easing up soon. But uh, yeah, this is just a, it, I, I, you know, we're five days into this, Joe, and I'm still shocked by what I've seen, by the, um, the audacity and the... Um, the dare I say the precision that was that this attack was carried out with the and really Israel's failure to detect and and repel the attack and I you know I'm still coming to grips grips with this uh, you know the Israeli military uh, you know caught got its bearing it seems to have reestablished control of uh, numerous towns that were contested or lost in the south. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, five days in, Joe. How do you how do you feel about what's what's happened so far? Right. Yeah. It's um, it's pretty. It's it's yeah. I've said it already. Unprecedented, uh, for sure. Not only on the scale, not only between like Israel and Hamas and just the Palestinian Israel Israel Palestinian Israeli Palestinian conflict, but just in general, it's the state of Israel and its history. Uh, so uh, it's, it's just unbelievable what's happened. Uh, but yeah, it's we're five days in, uh, and the IDF is still uh, finding terrorists inside of Israeli territory uh, and uh, locating them and eliminating them. For example, I just just before we went on, uh, I saw this bulletin uh, by the IDF that a number of terrorists were spotted in a vehicle. Uh, near uh, kibbutz or near a uh, near Israeli community of uh, near Am, which is close to the Gaza border, and uh, an IDF tank responded and and, and killed the uh, and destroyed the the the, uh, the vehicle that the, that was carrying the terrorists. So, I mean, you know, I've seen the there's been you know reports in the media that. The Israelis have secured the Gaza settle, uh, the Israeli uh, communities or settlements, uh, but it's quite clear that there's still terrorists running around. You got to remember too, though, that let's say I don't think I don't know if there's an exact number. We probably won't find out till later on, but I'm I'm sure it's over a thousand. But uh, terrorists came into Israel, right? So uh, uh, it has to be given what they breached twenty nine locations, something like that. Yeah, they overran bases and police stations, took control of how, I, I don't know how many villages uh, and kibbutz. Uh, it it. It, it, you know, you just start putting that, putting that pen to paper, 
and you have to come over a thousand. I wouldn't be shocked if it was fifteen hundred to two thousand that crossed I, that border. Yeah, it's crazy. And then um, it's um, as far as the deaths of terrorists. Uh, you know, in previous conflicts, you know that I've I've covered usually maybe dozens. Usually, twenty fourteen. I can't remember exactly. It was probably it was over a hundred. But this is going to be in the thousands of terrorists killed. Especially if there's a ground war. I, 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 I keep saying if there's a ground war, things like that. Uh, uh, I said it in previous uh, podcasts, but uh, it's it's just looking imminent right now. Uh, I think the IDF is just trying to set up. Uh, it's just, it's it's mustering its forces basically, right? So uh, to get ready for the, this invasion. However, you know the thing is, you got to think about it. Like if, if Hamas. Since Hamas planned a lot of this, or, or planned this rather with other groups, of course, and uh, you know, and we could talk later about this about Iran and Hezbollah, uh, with Iran and Hezbollah, uh, you know, they they prepared for what eventually would happen if they were successful, right? And they they knew they would they knew that Israel uh, the Israeli Defense Force would would launch a, a ground offensive. So I have no doubt in my mind they are prepared for a ground invasion okay so they have tunnels that they uh they likely have ambushes set up uh they have there's an extensive tunnel system uh, underneath gaza uh so the idf is going to have to be very clever here right they're going to have to uh it, it, when they enter gaza and how they do it uh to avoid these uh possible ambushes which is possible it's possible they can't avoid it right especially once they go into these densely packed neighborhoods like khan yunus uh or gaza city or uh it just depends where they go of course so um you know there's a lot uh, a a lot that can happen uh but uh as of now no ground invasion but uh i expect it's gonna it's 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 imminent uh i can't tell you if it's going to be tomorrow or the next day but i i expect for it to happen uh in the near future. Yeah, I, I concur with you, Joe. I think we're watching the the Israeli Air Force right now is preparing the battlefield. Uh, they're targeting bunkers, command centers. Uh, if they're getting information on, you know, ro- probably rockets and actually no doubt, you know, rockets and mortar positions, things of that nature. But you are 100% correct. The Hamas and company, and I'm just going to call it Hamas now for, you know, just for shorthand. So we don't have to continue, you know, saying Hamas and allies or whatever, but they are what we watched a very innovative, a very creative attack to breach that border, to fan out through Israel, uh, through Southern Israel, to attack military bases, to destroy armored vehicles. They have something. They, it's it, it's very likely they have something up their sleeve inside. And as you noted, fighting or in an urban environment is difficult enough as is. And I have a feeling Hamas is. I actually I have no doubt they've been planning for this. That this is another reason why the IDF is taking its time. It's preparing the battlefield. It's mustering its forces, and it's trying to gain intelligence to see what Hamas may have up its of its sleeve and, and you, again as you noted um just going in the city itself is is dangerous is going to make it a bloody fight you know does hamas have a, a large stockpile of anti-tank tank missiles or anti-armored missiles the you know these who are they going to employ 
IEDs and EFPs. Uh, you know, we could just sit here, we could speculate all day long, um, but the Israeli military has to, it has to think creatively here as far as what Hamas may be able to do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. In 2014, for example, uh, Israel, the IDF went into into Gaza. There was a ground invasion, um, and they suffered uh, they, they suffered casualties. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, soldiers a soldier was uh, or soldiers were abducted. I'm sorry, uh, through tunnels. Um, another really, uh, I would say, uh, there was a lot of uh, IEDs right uh, planted uh, under the ground. So. Um, and these aren't these aren't like the IEDs in the West Bank, for example. In the West Bank, you have like pipe bombs, uh, you know, a, a gas canisters, uh, you know, the ones that like, you attach to your barbecue, for example. Uh, fire extinguishers packed with gunpowder. That, that that's what you see in the West Bank. That's what Hamas uses there in Islamic Jihad. In Gaza, completely different story. Completely different story. I, I wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not sure I would compare it to stuff like you saw in, in Iraq, uh, but uh, as far as the, the the sophistication and and the level of lethality, it's it's uh, the the lethality of it, but um, or how lethal it is, but uh, it's definitely a a huge problem, and uh, I think that's yeah, that's definitely a uh, a concern of the uh, of the IDF when uh, when it goes in there. Yeah, if they if if they start deploying Iraq, Afghanistan, Somalia, the great um, grade IEDs, that can be a, a very major problem. Um, I I suspect that might be what's coming here, but we'll. I hope not. I hope I'm really wrong about that. But um, you know, there's just a lot. Uh, you know, uh, I I would not want to be planning this operation. I would not wanting. Uh, want to have to go into this uh, into Gaza, and you know, Joe, you had said if they go here, if they go there. My perspective on that is, I think the IDF has to go everywhere. I think they have to root it out. They cannot allow Hamas to squeeze into other areas and survive to fight another day. And that's, um, I, that's going to take a significant amount of Israeli troops. If that's if that is their plan, that's it's going to take a significant amount of troops. Oh, absolutely. To go in and, and and clear that out. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 something important here too is that it's not going to take a couple of days, right? Oh no, it's not going to. Uh, it doesn't. It's not going to take a week. Take. <laughs> yeah, it, this is serious. So, uh, and like I alluded to before or mentioned before, it's the uh, the tunnel system underneath Gaza. It, uh, it's it's pretty extensive. So I imagine uh, you know they have command and control bunkers underneath uh, in these tunnels rather, uh, and a lot of their elite or train uh, yeah elite fighters. Uh, commonly referred to as Nukba Nukba units, uh, they uh, uh, they come out of these tunnels so uh, and, and and attack uh, IDF personnel if uh, they're in the area. So uh, it's going to take time. And then you know you can we can sit here all day and talk about it. Well, is the IDF going to well occupy Gaza? Uh, is it, what are they going to do? How long is this going to take? Uh, there's there's just a lot of questions there because uh, it's what the idf needs or is is time right and i don't know if they're going to be able to get that time to reach their goals their military goals just because of international pressure right and and that's always been an issue in in conflicts uh especially especially uh israeli-palestinian conflict so we'll, we'll see 
Yeah, that, that time always seemed to be a month. It's somewhere around 30 days before the pressure got. I, I remember what there was it 2006, 2007, the war in Hez, with Hezbollah in the north. I remember saying way back then, I said, yeah, this will be about about a month. It was I think it was 30 days right on the nose before they they succumb to pressure to end or the end that one. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is different. I think the internal pressure is going to trump any external pressure. Uh, the just given the magnitude of the attack of the uh, of the barbarity of that attack that that was, you know, the Israeli people are really should not demand anything other than the full de- defeat of Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Islamic Jihad, and other groups. Um, we'll see. You know, time will tell to see if that if that actually happens. Um, it it's necessary. Be you know, I have one question um, before we turn to the north because there seem to be a lot of developments. Um, and like to see what you're. You know, that one's been really difficult for me to sort out this morning and this afternoon. But uh, what about the possibility? Do you think it, that that leadership and key key commanders um, would be able to leave Gaza and, and enter Egypt? Do you, are the Egyptians willing to take them in? Uh, I I'd be surprised. I mean, it's it's possible with some sort of political agreement, some uh, something. Uh, maybe in return for hostages, like all of them. But listen, uh, I'll tell you, there's there's three, there's a lot of guys, the, the Hamas leadership and members of other groups. But if you were, if someone were to ask me, hey, Joe, are there, where, who are the three main guys you think the 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 Israelis or the IDF is going to target during this, this, this war, this operation, where they're going to go really after? And I'll tell you, it's Yahya Sinmar, who is, the leader of of Hamas in Gaza. There are other leaders as well, but they they stay they live in luxury uh, abroad in, in in Qatar, for example. Um, but um, but anyway, uh, besides that, then of course there's uh, Mohammed Daif, who is uh, the so is he's the leader of the so-called military wing of Hamas, the Isaldin al Qassam brigades, and his deputy Marwan Issa. Those are the three guys I imagine that the Israelis are really going to go after. Uh, Mohammed Dave, they've they've targeted Mohammed Dave on several occasions and uh, quite a few occasions rather, especially in 2014. They they nearly got him in 2014, but he survived the the targeted uh, targeted assassination. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely three guys. I'm but I'm pressed to to see the Israelis letting. Um, these three men, these three leaders of Hamas, out of uh, out of Israel. Because listen, again, we go back to it. This, uh, there was no way these guys weren't involved in this operation to to massacre Israeli civilians and uh, and abduct hostages. Um, there's no way they didn't know and they weren't involved. They have to. They have, they, so uh, they, they, of course, they were involved. They're, you know, they're the leaders of Hamas's uh, so-called military wing. So it's um so yeah i think they have really big targets on their head we can sit here and talk about other targets other members of of hamas's leadership there's uh salah al-aruri who is the west bank leader who is uh definitely involved in the violence in the west bank uh over the last two years or actually more than that really uh 
but um, and we've talked about the, the West Bank in, in previous podcasts. But uh, yeah, I, I think these are the three big the, the big fish. Okay, so uh, I'll, I think we'll hear a lot about the, uh, we'll hear a lot about those names in the coming uh, days and, and weeks. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, I, Egypt would be hard pressed to allow them to come in. I think the the um, the fallout from them accepting leaders of that magnitude to enter Egypt. I don't think the Egyptians really want that problem. You know, all three of them are listed by the U.S. government as specially designated global terrorists for their ties. You know, DEF has always um, DEF has always uh, caught my attention. He's one of those. Um, the the ghosts out there right i mean this guy won't use a phone he never said to never stay in the same place for more than a couple of days now think about it i mean he's been wounded for 14 that's nine years and yet is still avoiding um uh being tracked by the israelis that's you know you, you know he's not just some guy that's walking around he's if he's if he is indeed handicapped like he's as to be described that you know that really narrows down the possibilities um for israeli intelligence to try and track him and this guy involved in suicide bombings from the 1990s on he um i believe he um isn't he the guy they said that the made the Kassam rockets? Is that, is that uh, something like that? Yeah, he was, uh, he was he was involved in that, I believe. So, but uh, but you know what? The interesting thing is, I I, I hate saying this, but I, I wonder if he's still even in Gaza. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds it's, it may sound funny to people, but th- there is ways to smuggle people out, right? So, um, I mean, it's it's possible he could have gone, he could have been smuggled out through, let's say, through Egypt, right? Yeah, he's he is handicapped as far as uh because due to the uh due to the previous airstrikes against him but it's it's possible you know and because because during war especially during conflict uh hamas leadership just hides like most of them especially the top ones like the ones that we mentioned they hide of course and uh so yeah but it would not surprise me if he was even if he was out and I didn't even live in Gaza. So anymore, but I mean, that's just speculation. I don't have right. anything. To no, it's certainly possible, Joe. It's, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. worth discussing. He could be in the West bank. He could be in Jordan. He could be in, he could be in Who Syria. Knows? He could be in Lebanon. He could be, I would doubt he's in Egypt at this point. Now, didn't he release a, um, a statement on the, the first day? Oh yeah. Of- yeah. Yeah. He released a statement. He, he, you know, a, a lot of what I'm seeing, at least the conflict, uh, the the response, the rockets, and uh, the Israeli response, it's very similar to previous conflicts, uh, especially the one in 2021. Uh, but he was, the interesting thing in here is that in 2021, he was more active. And what I mean by that, uh, Dave, that is, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he uh, he would publish statements regularly. Uh, and it was more a psychological uh Type of, uh, I guess, I guess you call it side like finger in the eye to the Israelis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. He would say something, uh, something along the lines of, uh, and this is he would they would publish this on Hamas would publish this on, let's say, like Telegram, for example, because they know that the Israelis are watching and that everybody else is on social media, uh, watching out for statements. He would say uh, things like at uh, nine or or his spokesperson, they would say they were very, and I hate saying this, but they were very good at this. 
they would say, at 9 p.m., Tel Aviv will be bombed, all right? And then they would go with, through with it, okay? And then this would be repeated over and over and over and over. So uh, those type of statements uh, we would hear, or, or uh, in 2021 as well, right before the uh, the war or the conflict kicked off, he said he made a statement. He said, if the Israelis do not uh, do this, 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 and that, uh, there we will respond. And two hours, two, three hours later, there were rockets against Jerusalem, and that kicked off the 2021 uh, Gaza conflict. So anyway, but I don't see that. I don't see him speaking nearly as much anymore. Actually, just the statement that you made, and I think that's it at the beginning. So, I mean, it's still early, right? We're like in day five. So, uh, but I'm just, you know, noticing these little, these little things, right. Uh, compared to, to previous conflicts. Uh, so, um, we'll see. You may, you may talk again, or he's just, you know, like we've been talking about, he's just hiding. He's, um, he's certainly, you know, said to be, and I have no doubt given his history and given what he's done with, um, the planning for previous, uh, fighting, um, said to be the 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 mastermind behind this i think he already made his statement um but yeah you know maybe and they may be looking at operational security for uh, you know to limit the exposure that he has um but let, let's um let's take a look at the north now joe what exactly is going on i've seen reports of drones flying i've seen ro- reports of rocket attacks i've seen reports of infiltration um give us the rundown Give us, tell us what exactly is happening. Right. Well, I'll tell you this. The uh, and, and and rightfully so, the Israelis are the Israeli public. Uh, everyone is is nervous uh, because they don't want the a second front opening uh, on, on on the northern border border with with Hezbollah. Uh, but um, uh, earlier, a few hours ago, there was uh, multiple alerts of uh, uh, of a say an attack uh from the north from lebanon from southern lebanon uh at first it was initially was reported that it were uh, drones then it uh changed to paragliders very similar to what what happened in southern israel uh, and then we saw more reports of uh, possible infiltrations into the uh, israeli communities in northern uh northern israel after time it appears uh the idf said no hey false uh, false alarm uh, we didn't. Uh, there's no evidence that anything happened, basically. So, um, and so, what happened, right? How? Where did all these alerts come from? And by the way, I think I should say, just in case you're, just in case our listeners don't know this, there is a, um, I should say, an application, okay, uh, that you use that that uh, you can access on your phone or or your computer that gives out alerts, okay. And this is. Uh, uh, part of the home front command, Israel's home front command. So let's say a rocket is is fired from Gaza, or a rocket is fired from Syria or Lebanon. A, an alert is sent out to the area where the rocket uh, may land. Okay, so it's uh, it's called a red alert. That's it's pretty. It's called sevadom in 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 Hebrew, and uh, so that's uh, so this alert came up. Uh, a couple hours ago, and that there was this mass uh, attack happening in in northern Israel, specifically around Haifa, and uh, yeah, so everybody thought, okay, yeah, something's happening, but it, it appears it was a false alarm. Now, what could have happened, right? So, even though these red alert red alerts are largely uh, or rarely uh, inaccurate or uh, 
uh, false alerts. Uh, it, it's happened before. I've seen it happen in southern uh, in southern Israel. I've seen it happen in northern Israel, but not on this scale. This was like it, it had a swath of area, a large area of northern Israel, especially uh, northwestern Israel, under alert. So it was, it was it seemed legitimate, right? Especially with everything going on already, everyone's expecting Hezbollah to to do something big. So uh, so that, that that's what happened, but. Thankfully, it was a uh, it was it was a false alert, right? Uh, but I don't I can't tell you what happened exactly. But misidentifications have happened, human error as well, right? So it's possible. Um, I, I don't want to get into you know cyber attacks and things like that uh, because there's no evidence of it. But uh, that's right. That's what uh, that's what occurred. Yeah, this is very likely the fog of war and uh, the. Maybe a little bit of the panic of war. Yeah, but that blew my phone up today. I'll tell you this this morning, and I'm sitting there going, "Just be patient. Let's take a look. Let's see what's happening." It, you know, you start seeing reports like this, and um, you know, just hoping um, that the Israeli people have, you know, can get a little reprieve from this for at least, you know, I think unfortunately, I think that's coming, but at least uh, they'll. They, I hope they have time to prepare to to leave if necessary so right and, and i do want to quickly add that there have been actual actual attacks by hezbollah against uh, against israeli positions in the last two days so i i just want to mention that attacks have happened uh and i think they've been they were uh in response to idf airstrikes in the previous yesterday or the day before um forgive me everything is like the days are yeah, like being <laughs> coming <BFD> together, days. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so they're responding. At least in, in their statements, they're saying they're responding to Israeli airstrikes against um, their positions, which uh, have killed, I believe, three uh, members of Hezbollah. It was yesterday, or the day before. But anyway, um, but yeah, they've 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 targeted the IDF. Uh, uh, IDF positions uh, already on several occasions in the last couple of days. Um, they've they published a video this morning of uh, a guided missile strike against a IDF position. Uh, so, so yeah, that is happening, but it's uh, at a I don't want to say a low level because I mean an attack is an attack, but it's not like this mass strike that everybody thought was happening a few hours ago. So, but. Um, I think it's something's going to happen. I think it's going to be something with, uh, especially when when there's a ground invasion too. Uh, uh, that um, it'll be it'll be from Hezbollah. But again, let's remind everybody: Palestinian armed groups are in southern Lebanon, and they are uh, operating against Israel from that area. Of course, under the auspices of of, of Hezbollah. Absolutely, it's uh, you know I, I expect that to happen. I think Hezbollah and company are looking to looking for their excuse to to weigh in fully um i don't think it's going to play well but and, and honestly really strange i don't think they need that excuse because we all know what's happening but that seems to be their playbook and uh i expect it to to go out that way uh, i certainly hope it doesn't uh, that's for sure um joe last uh, topic let's talk quickly there was recently reports i believe it was you know time compression here but i think it was monday or if it not late sunday that um Iranian uh, Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and Hezbollah um, officials were bragging about planning and giving the go-ahead for Hamas and company to execute this attack. Now, the um, Biden administration came out late last night 
Um, I think it was through the, uh, through intelligence and just some unnamed officials basically saying they see no evidence of direct Iranian involvement in Hamas's attack on Israel. Now, um, I am highly skeptical myself of information like the, the when information like this comes out from the administration, which has a, a tendency to politicize its intelligence. Um, I hate to bring up Afghanistan in this com- uh, context, <laughs> but my goodness, you know, they're telling us the Taliban <laughs> is a partner in counterterrorism and the Taliban helped the defeat Al Qaeda and Al Qaeda is no longer present in Afghanistan. This isn't contrary to just about anyone who knows anything about Afghanistan, including the United Nations analytical support and sanctions and monitoring team, whose report over the summer detailed Al Qaeda training camps and safe houses and media center, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to rehash all that. So when I see administration, which is, you know, been playing footsies with, with Iran, um, you know, releasing $600 billion and South, those being held by South Korea, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden they don't want to see tie Iranian ties. What are your thoughts on, on this issue, Joe? Right. So listen, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm pretty much in the same line with you. Um, yeah, these are, these groups that are actively fighting Israel or that launched the, the attack, um, I guess in Southern Israel, some of them are Iranian proxies. They take direction from Iran. Okay, especially the big one, Islamic Jihad, um, uh, that, that's an Iranian proxy. Um, and, and there's just so much evidence out there that, and again, I, I mentioned this in the previous podcast, that I mean, we've, even, uh, we've even highlighted this at Long War Journal countless times. We even have a visual on it showing the evidence uh, of this uh, that we published back in July. So that uh, all these armed groups, surrounding israel there's 19 at least 19 of them right in gaza west bank lebanon syria uh some of the iraqi groups operating in syria um they're all tied to iran right they they're either they're a proxy or they receive uh backing from iran either through funds or through uh, arms so um i'm sorry but um something like this isn't just an attack uh, of this magnitude uh can't be pulled I, I i don't think it can be pulled off by hamas alone without without the help and the backing it needs from a major state sponsor like like iran right so um and then we're seeing uh, also i think it's important to note that um i'm seeing a lot of um i don't know you call it encouragement uh, uh these groups a lot of these groups especially the iraqis we published actually several articles today on long war journal about uh iraqi groups Iraqi groups backed by Iran, of course, uh, that are, are threatening Israel. Not only are they threatening Israel, they're threatening the United States. <laughs> that if the United States joins in in the, in the conflict in Israel, that these uh, these groups will uh, attack American uh, bases in the region. So, uh, you know, it's um, I think the evidence is all there. It's just for whatever reason, uh, officials don't. It's like Joe, it's like they want it. the selfie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the head of the IRGC on the border right. with Gaza as the walls breached. And even then, I think they'd say, well, no, nah, it might be a deep fake. Right, right, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make I just, sense. I just don't, you know, basic logic Palestinian Islamic Jihad, right? That is an Iranian 
proxy by all definition, right? They take Absolutely. their marching orders. They participated in this operation. Do you does anyone who understands how this all works think that Islamic Jihad just go willy nilly participates in an attack of this magnitude without some type of approval? Right. Uh, from, yeah. Just just from that respect, right? Like we can go on and on and how all these groups are built, but like to me, I look at just that one, you know. Hamas is receiving aid from from Iran. Do you think like after an attack like this, it's going to be really limited on 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 its uh, external support? Do you think it would want to alienate them by doing something that they didn't approve of? It, it seems that using basic logic and and to be a high level official in, in an administration, you um, you just have to turn off your your critical thinking skills and uh that's what uh what we're witnessing uh i i just don't know what evidence and by the way you you talk to people in the business and they'll sit there and, and tell you they're just shaking their heads right now going i don't know where this is coming from this isn't what they're what we're seeing right oh yeah no no i come just absolutely completely agree with you that the data is there um and uh, yeah it's just this mind-boggling sometimes. I mean, some of the one group that uh, was a part of the infiltration into southern Israel, um, they're the Popular Resistance Committees, which uh, has a long track record of uh, terrorism against uh, Israeli uh, Israelis and Americans. Uh, they have um, th- their their logo is 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 a like a carbon copy of Hezbollah's. Like their their flag, I, I mean, I'll show you one day. You'll see. Oh, you're no, be like, you don't ah. have to, Joe. The the uh, every uh, just about every Iraqi, yeah, 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 Shia militia that takes backing from Iran has a Hezbollah der- derived um, logo. And by the way, and look, we know this from interrogations of Case Kazali, who's the head of uh, Asiba Hawk, which is one of the one of the prime. Uh, Iraqi militias backed by Iran. He was in U.S. custody. We interrogated him. We know. We've seen the the interrogations. And he, he admits that Iran had Hezbollah train, and, and, and IRGC as well, train these militias and create them to be analogs to Hezbollah inside of Iraq. These were like, I mean, we know this. This is their own words. And yet somehow we just, we just can't seem to find the link it just eludes me. You know, I just don't see evidence of it. Well, you know, okay. Okay. I'll say one thing. Listen, uh, the Iran doesn't give money and arms to groups just to do it, okay? <laughs> right. What they're doing, they are they want influence. That's what they're doing. They're buying influence. Is that of the and, goodness of their heart? Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So um, I'm sorry, but come on. Come on. So uh, that's that's what's and that's what's been happening in Gaza not just for a couple of years or something. This has been going on for a long time, more than more than more than a decade. So uh, so yeah, it's um, it's just I don't know, just silly to think that way. Uh, but of course, Iran is involved. Um, so uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the, the opening th- scene in The Godfather, where you know he does the favor for the the Godfather does the favor for the Undertaker, and one day he will ask him something in return. Right. And that's what exactly. We're at, right? Exactly. I mean, essentially, yes. That's unfortunately, but yeah. So, and and we'll see more. I think. I think after this is all over, uh, 
hopefully more people will be convinced, right, uh, of Iranian involvement. Uh, but uh, and more evidence will pop up, I'm sure. But um, for now, yeah, that's that's, that's it. Uh, but again, again, we've a lot of us, uh, especially here at Long War Journal, we've warned about this for ever and uh that, that of iranian involvement uh, uh rather iranian proxies uh that are, are in the region and also of course just recently the um the ones that are uh operating on israel's borders you well said joe yeah this is the you know those those iraqi look we, we all know what hezbollah is we all know what hamas is and islamic jihad and you know popular resistance committees but like those shia militias coming from iraq that's the one that's been been warning about this for and it's just fallen on deaf ears um i worry about their capacity for being forced multipliers in this conflict they're certainly talking a good game they spent time in syria fighting the islamic state and fighting against al-qaeda and fighting you know against uh, other groups inside syria they have a foothold there if you know they 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 really can help expand this war beyond hezbollah beyond you know the war the, the war that could come from hezbollah from Le lebanon uh i you know you know when you said something you know that hopefully the facts come out and people recognize it one of the things i've learned doing this is once people have made up their mind on this they've they've closed their minds um, in our industry, people refuse to accept the fact that Iran has sheltered Al Qaeda leaders and does so to this day. That Iran has provided significant aid to the Taliban. Um, you know, how often are we told, well, Shia and Sunni can't work together? Well, what about Hamas, Sunni Hamas, and Shia Iran? And so um, I, I think people just tend to harden their attitudes. Uh, but Maybe we'll get lucky this time, Joe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I can, I can hope, right? Yeah, yeah. We could all, we could all definitely hope. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't hold my breath, really. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Joe, thanks again for joining us today. Get some rest. Obviously, our thoughts and prayers to to the Israeli people and and also to the Palestinian people who have to live under the yoke of Hamas and who brought this. What is to come on them? You know, they don't deserve this. They deserve better. So all we can do is we can hope and we can pray. Joe, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, absolutely agree with you, Bill. And uh, thank you for having me on again. Uh, um, looking forward to some more, of, uh, some more podcasts as things develop. Oh, real soon, Joe. You know it, right? I'll catch you, catch you Friday, I think. All right, sounds good. Excellent, Joe. Have a great one. Thanks, everyone, for listening, for joining us for today's episode of Generation Jihad. Quick reminder, you could find us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and uh, leave us a review, preferably a positive one, but only if we earned it. Thanks again. We'll see you all again soon.